So I want to preach on this topic, new man, new man. Say new man. And just to summarize real quick, by the way, you really got to hear all these messages. Uh, if you come once a month, I you're going to be lost. You got to go back, go to the website. You can listen to them. Go to YouTube. You can watch them and, and get caught up. This is the third. So get caught up. But basically, you know, one thing we talked about is we are created three parts, body, soul, spirit. Before you were saved, your spirit was basically dead, or we could say disconnected. Not gone. Everyone still has a spirit. That your spirit is what comes from God. It's what he breathed into you. It's the very breath of God. And, oh, I got this the other day. Can, can, I, get, can I chase a rabbit? It'll just take me a minute. The Jews feared the name of God, so much so that they would use other terms like, like Lord or, or you know, uh, Adonai, or they would use other names, and they would never, they wouldn't even speak that, f in, in, there's no vowels in the, in the Hebrew, so it was four consonants, and, and we now know it as Yahweh. But they would never speak the name. It was so sacred, they wouldn't even speak it. They had a hard time even writing it. So they began to breathe it. Yahweh. Yahweh. You're literally speaking his name with every breath. Was that worth a minute? Oh, glory to God. He breathed his spirit into us, and then we are, even sinners are doing it. Take that. Even, even anti-Christians, people who want to kill us are, Yahweh, Yahweh. Next time you see a sinner, just smile. You don't have to say anything, just smile and say, yeah. He's got your number. Yahweh. We, we could go home right now and we would be okay. This is powerful. So we talk about spirit, but, but before we call it regeneration, generator. We re regenerate, restart, re reignite. So when we're saved, our spirit then is regenerate. And by the way, you could still make use of your spirit before you're saved, but you'll only connect with the demonic. And this is why some people are, some fortune tellers or, or people doing signs, wonders, and miracles are doing it through demonic power. Somehow they've broken into their spirit, but their spirit's not connected to God. It's connected to darkness. All right, needed to say that. So once you're saved, your spirit is disconnected from darkness and connected to light. Ha! Ah. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit 
and in truth. And that's why some Christians really don't understand worship. They don't get into worship because they're, even though they're saved, they haven't really connected their new man or, or their old man to the new man. They're not really connected to the Spirit yet. They're forgiven. They're saved. Their Spirit's been reconnected. But they're really abusing grace because God has so much more. So the Spirit of God and your Spirit, capital S and little s, you're the little s, are connected and God can direct. God is a spirit and he can only speak to spirit. So he speaks to your spirit. He's speaking to your spirit right now. And I'll tell you what it's saying. He's saying, listen. Because I'm trying to talk to you through this man's spirit. Hello? But there's a problem. There's a problem. There's kind of like a filter there, and it takes time to learn how to get the spirit into how to become that new man, that new person. That, that, see, your soul, is, your soul is the decider. It decides, am I going to listen to the flesh or am I going to listen to my spirit? Your soul decides that. And it's a lifelong process. You don't just wait. I can't lay hands on you and it's done. If I could, I would pray like this. Kill them in Jesus' name. And people will be like, I'm out of here. So, so, so it's a process, and we're going to talk about that process today. But let's look at it. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, that you put off. Say, put off. We need to put off something concerning your former conduct. The old man, not your husband, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Spirit, renewing the mind. And that you put on. See, some people's problem is they're putting on without taking off. You got to take something off to put something on. You're, you're, not, you're not clean just because you got new clothes on if you still got the old stinky clothes on. That's a picture, a snapshot of Christians today. They actually still stink. Because uh, they didn't take off. And they only put on on Sunday morning. That you put on the... The new man, which was created, according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Oh, that's powerful. Paul, again, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to give you some word. You okay? In, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. You do have responsibility here. Where Christ is, he's sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, focus, 
your mind, your, your soul, on things above your spirit, not on things on the earth, your flesh. For you died. But you keep coming back. And your life is hidden, wow, with Christ in God. Mm -mm -mm -mm. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members. I've often wanted to do this. Can y'all tell my flesh isn't completely killed? <laughs> Which are on the, on the earth. And, and here's the members, right? Fornicators, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. And there's how many know, just because you're not on the list, the list goes on. Verse 10. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. You're going back to the garden. Back when Adam actually walked with God in his spirit. Oh, that, 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 that's a powerful thought. That's powerful. Romans chapter 6. Let's get into this. There are, there are several things we need to do. How many, how many want to be a, a more spiritual man? How many want that new man to be in charge and not the old man? Some of you didn't raise your hands. I know. Okay. So let's get into this. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon. Say, I reckon. Reckon yourselves to be dead, indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord, dead to the flesh, alive to the Spirit. Therefore, do not let. That tells me it is possible to do as a Christian. Do not let sin reign in your more Reign. Don't let sin be the boss. Don't let, sin, don't let the flesh drive you oh, in your mortal body that you should obey it in its Lust. Next verse. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness and sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law. You're not under condemnation. You are under grace. Thank God you're not under the law because the law can't save you. And if you break one law, you've broken all the laws. The police will arrest you if you break one law. They don't wait for you to break all the laws. And so it is with God. So point number one, you have to start reckoning. You are dead, I reckon. You have to, this is why this message is important, because you, there's something you need to do here, and that is you just need to reckon it. And that word reckon in the Greek means it's an accounting term. It means to go into the books and, and balance the books, and you realize that 
that you that you're okay. You are dead to sin. He, 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 he's killed sin. He nailed sin to the tree. Sin has no power over you. You're not just forgiven. You're empowered. You do have the ability to say no to the devil now. But the flesh, as we preached last week, the cross didn't kill the flesh. It killed sin. You have to kill the flesh. And and the way to do that, it's already done through the cross as well, but you have to reckon it. You have to reckon yourself dead to sin. And it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. In other words, it's really about just agreeing with the judge. The judge says you're free, so go live free. We've got too many Christians who get saved and go right back to jail. He sets you free, so go live free. But some people can't handle that, so they go back to their old life. They go they go back to the leeks and onions in Egypt, right? Number two, say number two, brokenness. So reckoning is just the first step. Now you have to be okay with God breaking you. Didn't we just sing the song, Spirit, break out. There's, mm, there's still, I call it a filter, But when you're first saved, there's kind of a wall there of the flesh that separates spirit from soul. And you need to to allow God to break. Some of the really negative things that happen in your life are really God just breaking things so that the spirit can come in to your life. He can't fill a glass that's already full. There has to be an emptying, a brokenness to allow the light, think of it as light, to come through to break into that. John, he, Jesus talks about in John chapter 12, verse 24, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls, falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. There has to be a dying before fruit. I don't know how it happens, but a few months ago, back in March, I took a potato that was nearly rotten. It had little eyes. I made a little mound of dirt, and I stuck that old rotten tomato well, it wasn't rotten, but it was on its way. And I buried it underground. The other day, I got me a little shovel, and that little rotten potato I couldn't find. But I found six or seven brand-new potatoes Woo! <laughs> that have been uh, consumed. Amen. <laughs> almost. We're almost. You know, I haven't dug them all up yet. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? That old potato died. But that, but that, listen, when you die, that's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story. When Jesus died on the cross, that wasn't the end of the story. When Jesus said, it is finished, the devil's like, 
But no, no, no. He didn't mean it's all over. He means, he means that's done, but now something new's up. Amen. Death, death leads to resurrection. Amen. When you die, it leads to resurrection, new life, new fruit in the spirit. Come on, hallelujah. Let me be quick on this. We preached this before, but, 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 but Jesus looked at Peter just before the crucifixion. He said, Peter, the devil wants to sift you like wheat. And I know if Jesus told us, you would say, oh, God, deliver me. Jesus did not say, I'm going to deliver you. He said, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. And when the process is over, I'm going to send you out. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, there's stuff you need to go through. There's a brokenness you have to endure. If you understand the process back then, they would go through the fields and they would cut everything down and they would go to a threshing floor and they would stick a pitchfork in it. No wonder the devil has one. You would stick a pitchfork in the wheat and they would just throw it up in the air on a windy day. I said on a windy day. Hello, Numa. Spirit. And the wind would blow the light stuff. Uh, A lot of the stuff that's worrying you and bothering you is really light stuff. And the wind would blow the shaft, the light stuff, out. And the wheat would fall to the ground. Let the wind blow, Holy Spirit. I'll endure the pitchfork if it means I can get some junk out of my life. You might as well amen me because it gets worse. And then they get that big round rock, you know, with the ox that goes in a circle. And they grind. Because the grain, because the wheat, there's still a problem with the wheat. It still has a covering. And I'm not saying that covering wasn't necessary. I'm saying the usefulness of the covering is over. As long as it remains in that shell, it's no good to anybody. It's still wheat. They're still a Christian. They're still a Christian. They're still wheat. But they're no good to anybody. Until that outer hull, and there's a reason for the outer hull, it kept you safe, it protected you. You know why people don't want to get closer to God? They're scared to death. Because you have to give up your defenses and trust God to defend you you got to break the hull away, and you have to be open and vulnerable, not just to God, but to other people and to all of life's situations. You're just, you're just boom, I'm, I'm just stripping everything away, and I'm trusting God, not me. His ability, not my ability. What God can do is not about what I can do. But, oh, a lot of Christians never take that step. Grapes, same thing, right? If, <laughs> grapes do not last very long. 
Wine gets better with age. Not that I know. I've heard it said. <laughs> What's the difference? A grape doesn't last long, and a lot of Christians, they come to church. This is what I call people who just come to church on Sunday and don't live it the rest of the week. They're, they're grape poppers. Pop. Give me my grape, preacher, and I'll go on home, and I'll come back next Sunday or next month and pop me another grape. How many of you remember Lucille Ball and Ethel? Y'all are old. Or watch a lot of TV land. Or and they're in that big vat, and they're crushing the grapes. Anybody remember that? And there's a little spigot down at the bottom. And the more they stomped, what flowed out of there? Grape juice. And after a while, grape juice becomes wine. And after a while, wine becomes really good wine. What are they? They're not just crushing the grape. Watch, listen to this. They're breaking the skin. So that what's inside can come out. What you're going through is called crushing, it's called dying. What we're going through a lot of times is the crushing. Just get, just go through it. Someone says, if you find yourself going through hell, keep going. Just keep going. Because sooner or later, he's just trying to break you open, break the skin, so that what's in you, and by the way, what's in you? The Holy Spirit. Communicating with your spirit, but if you don't get broken, it's trapped back there. And you're never going to feel his presence or never going to know God. Just, we we got to be like that alabaster box. They broke that alabaster box, she did, and, and, and all that perfume just. You know, we Christians, a lot of us are really good at keeping the Spirit. We're not very good at releasing the Spirit. Oh. Oh, we've got no amens on. Let's just go to worship. We're good at staying saved. We're just not very good at being saved. we got to break the box and release the Spirit. What's it like to be releasing the Spirit? Come back next Sunday. Point number three, clutter. I told you last week I got this little thing on my, on my uh, thermostat. It comes up, please replace your filter. And it says, I replaced it. Or no, it says done or remind me later. I just hit done. I'll get to it when I get to it. Because every day it will keep coming up and bug me, just like the Holy Spirit. One person said the Holy Spirit's the hound of heaven. He just doesn't let you go. Woo, glory to God. There's a filter there, a filter there. But the filter can get clogged. It can be clean and then clogged. You can allow life to clutter up 
to the point where you can't hear God or feel his presence anymore because you've allowed too much clutter in your spiritual life. Come on. Things accumulate. <laughs> if there, there are some pastors uh, who refuse, they, they refuse to talk to anybody before church because they claim they have to stay in touch with the Holy Spirit. Really, they just don't like you and don't want to talk to you. They're good preachers, terrible people. People, peoples, people, persons. You noticed I don't mind being out there before church because you're not clutter to me. I can hear the Spirit. I've got to the place where I've killed the flesh to where I can hear the Spirit in spite of what's going on around me. Some people cannot hear the Spirit if the TV's too loud. Or this or that or that or this. Because their filter gets cluttered, clogged really fast. But if you can die out to self, you can clear that thing out quite a bit and regard, there's a, there's a great book written a few hundred years ago called Brother, Brother Lawrence wrote it. He's a monk. But he wrote this, uh, Practicing the Presence of God. Everyone should get this book. I tell you, they don't write books like this anymore. And he talks about practicing the presence of God. And as a monk, he said one of his duties was to wash the dishes every day. And he said, as I was in the kitchen and pots and pans were clanging and people were scraping and people are, uh, all this noise and commotion going on. But he said, I learned even in, the, even in the clang and the clutter, I could feel God's presence because he kept the filter. But here's one thing you got to remember. Your flesh is only so strong. That's why sometimes you can feel God in church on Sunday morning, but as soon as you go to work on Monday, God, where did you go? It's because your filter is pretty clogged up. And or you've allowed too much clutter into your life. And you allow clutter into your life by making things important that aren't important. That's called clutter. If something is really important to you, it will override the importance of the Spirit and will cut off the Spirit. Am I helping anybody? Or If I'm just rambling, I'll shut up and go home. Amen. <laughs> Not sure what that amen meant, but okay. <laughs> All right. Y'all got clutter. You understand? Think of it in terms of a filter. Next step. The power of the Word. Come on now. Let's get into the Word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13, familiar passage. For the Word of God is what? And, and, than any two-edged sword, it pierces even to the division 
of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, which is really hard, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word knows. If you can stay in the Word, see, the Word tells us what is spirit man and what is natural man. And sometimes we get it confused. Is that my thought or is that God's thought? Get in the Word. Which Word? Give me a scripture. No, no, just the Word. Just stay in the Word, the Word itself. He didn't say chapter and verse. He said the whole Word is living. It's a living thing. It's powerful. It's sharp. It knows how to discern what is spirit and what is carnality in your life and will cut the two and separate it so you can start walking, choosing to walk in the Spirit. Give Him praise in the house. Wow. Okay. As we get into the Word, the, less, the next step, the last step, is we need to go constantly go through a renewing process. We consider ourselves dead to sin and the flesh. We eliminate, I mean, we allow our, we, we're okay with brokenness. We eliminate as much as we can the clutter. We stay in the Word, and then we go through a process of renewing, getting the mind back. How many know it's been darkened? Not just by your own world, your own life, but by generations of sin. So we go to Romans chapter 12. You know we have to go there. Verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. This is like Old Testament sacrifice. Lay on the altar. By the way, why do we put things on the altar? You know, the problem with living sacrifices, they keep squirming off the altar. A knife? Ah, get me out of here. I got to die? <laughs> you need to be a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That word service can be translated worship. And do not be... Conformed to this world, flesh, but be by the renewing of your mind. It's a process. Didn't we talk about that last week? It is a process. You are proclaimed holy. You just don't look like it yet. Oh, I know some of you think you are. The moment you were saved, you were like, eh, perfection, here I am. Yeah, except for that uh, lying spirit and pride spirit. Okay. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might be able to prove, demonstrate, determine what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And by the way, some people preach that's three different levels. God does not have three levels. It's all good. It's all acceptable. It's all perfect. His will does not have levels. It's either his will or it's not his will. 
You're either in the will of God or you're not in the will of God. Renewed, renewed. Say renewed. Let's read it again in the Passion Translation. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred living sacrifices. Live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Just being spiritual, a spirit man, is actual worship unto God. Ephesians chapter 4, I'm almost done. Chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer, uh-huh, as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, did not describe the world, being alienated, disconnected from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Don't hate sinners. At the very... You ought to be feeling sorry for them. There ought to be a burden for them. It's not our job to be angry at the world. That's called politics. But you have not so learned Christ. Wow. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, is in Jesus. A couple more verses. That you, what? Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. You okay with this word? Still with me? If then you were, if you're raised with Christ, you're up there, seek those things which are above. It's weird how God will raise you up and you're still looking down. If he raises you up, look around, look up. Where Christ is, seating, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Wow. Connect to your spirit. For you died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members. We quoted this earlier. <laughs> Which are on the earth, and he lists them. Verse 6. I want to go a little further. Because of these things, the wrath of God has come upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But now, said, but now, you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Because of these things, the wrath of God has come upon the sons of obedience. Didn't, did I, I already read that. Next verse. Do not lie to one another. Ooh. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the 
who was renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Go back to that last verse. And notice how many of these have to do with relationships with other people. Almost all, except blasphemy. And then the next thing he says, don't lie to each other. Let me close with this, and, and, we'll, and i got one more scripture that will set us up for next week. How many, how many know the scripture that says that we can recognize God's spirit in other people? That's important. That's important. That's important. Do you know why churches fight and divide? Because they're carnal. <laughs> Period. Period. Just because you think you're right doesn't mean you're spiritual. You may be right but still carnal because of the way you treat people and the way you act. So if we can start seeing Jesus in each other, how, do you, how is that possible? How can I see Jesus in Blake? Great question, the wife says. I've been looking for Jesus since I married him. That's Yikes. There's only one way. Two things have to happen. I have to break that barrier of flesh and allow the Spirit to come out in my life. And He has to break whew, that barrier and allow the Spirit to come out in His life. And Spirit can see Spirit. But when that doesn't happen, it's flesh versus flesh, and we're going to have it out. Come on. He's a lot bigger than I am. What, what am I thinking? <laughs> the only churches that are going to make it, listen, you can stand around and say, I'm spiritual. I'm more spiritual than the rest of them. That proves you're not. But when you start walking in the Spirit, it's not just about, we're going to break this down later, but it, when you first start walking in the Spirit, it's not just that you're in touch with the Spirit, you're in touch with everybody else's Spirit. And unity begins to happen in the body of Christ. And when unity begins to happen in the body of Christ, God will always anoint unity. He will never pour oil on flesh. Y'all didn't hear me. He will never pour oil on flesh. He will not bless division, carnality, fussing, feuding. I'm better than you. He, he will. Come on, brother. He will not. I've got to see your spirit, and you've got to see my spirit. Sit down. 
And when spirit connects with spirit, you can't help but have unity. No wonder there's unity in this church. People say, I've been in this church 10 years and I never felt the Holy Spirit. That's because it's full of flesh. Did that help anybody? I'm so tired of people who get, oh, they're so spiritual. They're just so spiritual. I'm more spiritual than the rest of those people. If you were spiritual, you would love those people. <laughs> Stand your feet. Play some breaking out spirit music. <laughs> if there is such a thing. John 7, verse 38. You ready for this? Listen to me. Believe in me, Jesus said. Why? So that rivers of living water will what? From where? Not fall from heaven. This is Jesus. It's not James or Peter or Paul or Mary. Peter, Paul, and Mary. You see, see, well, can I give you another example? Pastor, how can you be so spiritual one minute and think about Peter, Paul, and Mary the next? <laughs> does, does that mean I'm carnal? No. It means the filter's clear. It's not about me. It's about what's flowing. Whew, so I can just be me one minute and let the Holy Spirit move the next. Because the old me is pretty much dead. Glory would say, no, it comes up every once in a while. When you live with someone, you know, you see the old man a lot. I'm not dead, dead. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm pretty much dead. And I, and I can, I realize as I'm preaching, it's not about me. It's not about controlling the environment. It's, it's not about saying things a certain way. It's just, it's just staying open to what, to the flow of the Holy Spirit. But I'm still me, and I'm still going to say corny jokes. Amen. Weird things pop in my head. I'm just going to blame the Holy Spirit. Amen. But, we're, but, but you see, we're right back here. We're right. We didn't leave. We're right back here. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? We're, I can talk about Peter, Peter, Paul, and Mary and still walk in the Spirit. Woo! Nothing sinful about that, is there? Now, if it's sinful... You're throwing mud on the screen. You're throwing mud on the filter. And it's going to eventually block out. It's called abusing or grieving the Holy Spirit. 
So, well, what, can people backslide and just not be saved anymore? I think they can. Not because they grieve the Spirit, but because at some point they will reject the Spirit. When you openly, willingly, defiantly say, God, I want nothing to do with you, God's going to grant your prayer. <laughs> He'll grant your request. And like Paul says, I'm not encouraging you to grieve the Spirit. He said, Paul said, let's, let's not sin because he's done a wonderful thing in us. When I came into the church, being holy was all about was all about how you looked, what you said, where you went. Come on, church. It was all external. Now, I'm not saying you can talk any old way and go anywhere and live anywhere, and I think you should dress modestly. I, I believe on all that. But that wasn't holiness. It was the result of holiness. It's because God said I'm holy, and I want to live like that. I want to live like that. I don't want to do things that grieve the Spirit. I don't want to do things that throw mud on the filter and, and keep me from hearing the very presence of God. And here's the powerful thing. He gave you the power to say no. You can overcome the flesh. Allow, oh my God, reckon yourself dead. Embrace the brokenness. Minimize the clutter. Stay in the Word and allow yourself to be renewed in your thinking, in your mind. Does that make sense to anybody? Let me finish this. Let me finish this. Believe in me so that rivers of living waters will burst, literally burst. That's the Passion Translation. It's an explosion from within your inner man is really what it says in the Greek flowing, gushing from your innermost being, just like the Scripture says. Woo! Whoa! Yes! Boom! Jesus was prophesying. John says, oh, by the way, Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. Everything you're going through is really preparation for more of the Spirit. said another weird thought. I am not going there. No, I'm not going to do it. That believers were being prepared to receive, but the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. Woo, thank you, Jesus. There's a river in you. I said there's a river in you. And, and you may have had years of of self-doubt and beating yourself up and I'm not worthy and duh I know you're not worthy you did commit those crimes but Jesus forgave you the judge declared you innocent he made you worthy think of a criminal who did the crime but the judge says I'm setting you free I'm setting you free what about the penalty? What, what, why, aren't, why aren't I going to jail? What about the penalty of this sin? Oh, it's been paid. 
Who paid it? Jesus. Troy, Jesus paid the price, paid the penalty, did the time so you can be free. And you know what? When you really understand that, you want to live right. You want to walk right. You don't want anything to to separate you. You don't want any, any mud on the filter. You want things clear between you and God. Come on. Come on. And he enables you, empowers you. See, see the cross took care of the penalty of sin and, and, and empowered you to overcome sin. My God. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We love you. We want to walk in the Spirit. We want to dance in the Spirit. We, we want that relationship with you. It's all about, it's not about doing good things. It, it, it's about that walk. It's about that relationship with you. That's why you tell us to come to the table. There's a place at the table. Everybody, every born-again believer can come to the table. But let's take off the old man and put on the new one as we come to the table. Let us help us to do that, Lord. And we'll thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen.